everybody, to another episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. Today's episode brought to you by performance-inspired nutrition. Live a more healthy and active lifestyle with the all-natural plant-based products from performance-inspired nutrition. Whether you're wanting to lose weight, maintain your weight, get started in the gym, or amp up your workouts, performance-inspired nutrition has exactly what you need. From whole food daily multivitamins to beauty and collagen support, zinc supplements, and diet and energy ripped whey support with natural metabolic enhancement with their whey protein powder, apple cider vinegar pills. Yeah, you don't have to drink it anymore. They've got the pills. And the amazing anti-inflammatory turmeric capsules, which I absolutely love. I'm getting older and hurting everywhere, and the turmeric capsules really help. Performance-inspired nutrition has you covered. Check out pi-nutrition.com to learn more and enter code Steve at checkout to get 10% off your order. Live a more healthy and active lifestyle with the all-natural plant-based products from Performance-Inspired Nutrition. Get them now at pi-nutrition.com. We're also brought to you by the Artist Development Academy. Get the information, access, and guidance you need to be successful in the music business direct from hit songwriters, multi-platinum selling producers, Grammy winners, label and publishing company executives. All Access members get access to our entire library of online courses like YouTube for Musicians, Monetizing Your Music, The Art of Songwriter, uh, the Art of Songwriting with five-time CSAC Songwriter of the Year, Reggie Ham, the Artist Development Masterclass, Machine for Songwriters, and many more. Plus, you'll also get a brand new course every single month. You'll also get access to our members-only forum where you can post your work for feedback from industry pros and insiders, as well as find new co-writers, collaborators, and build music industry relationships that will help take your career to the next level. You'll also be joining uh, us for members-only live stream events and webinars where you can ask questions and connect with our instructors. Just for being a loyal listener to this podcast, I'm offering you a 30% discount on your annual membership when you enter code STEVE at checkout. This makes your membership at the Academy less than your Netflix or Hulu membership. And also, more importantly, will show you how to actually make money in your career. Head over to artistdevelopmentacademy.com. And enter code Steve at checkout to get your all-access membership started now and save 30%. That's artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. I know I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, Season 7 and everything that we're going to be doing this season. Got a lot of interviews coming up uh, that I think you guys are really going to learn from. I think uh, that you're just going to enjoy them. Some are going to be entertaining. Some are going to be about business, but you know, some are just going to be for your pure entertainment. And I know I was entertained in recording some of, some of them. So I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, I hope you are too. A couple of weeks ago, well, two or three weeks ago, when I knew that you know we were going to be kicking off season seven, I, I put out on the Facebook group that we were going to be, I wanted some ideas from you guys, what you guys want to hear. Well, one of you guys brought up a very good point that nobody has asked. And that is the topic of the link between creatives, uh, mental health issues, and addiction. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's what we're going to address. 
on the Steve Freeman Podcast. You're listening to the Steve Freeman Podcast, the real, raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. Shout out, Steve. Rated us five stars and reviewed. Appreciate you keeping it a buck. I'll always respect you because you tell it like it is. Uh, One of the most important things to me is keeping it real at all times. So I appreciate that energy. That's how you get better. That's from Willie Vanilli on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for rating us five stars, Willie, and for leaving us the written review. If you have not done so yet and you are a loyal listener to the podcast or maybe this is your first time, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, and leave us a written review. We're going to be featuring all of these reviews in every episode. So if you want to leave a review and have it featured here on the podcast, all you got to do is go leave one. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, Also, the links to everything, social media, the Facebook group, everything is in the description uh, or uh, in the show notes of today's episode. We'd love to have you a member of our our new uh, Steve Freeman podcast Facebook group. It's really cool. Some really interesting stuff going on over there. Uh, You can find the link in the description or go to facebook.com forward slash the Steve Freeman. You can find the group uh, right there. Um, I had mentioned that today's topic is about mental health, addiction, um, and the links between that and the music industry slash entertainment industry. And this came from one of our members of the Facebook group, a loyal listener of the podcast, but also a member of the Facebook group, uh, Sean Eden. Sean, I hope you don't mind me throwing your name out there. Uh, But here was the comment that he left on Facebook, and this is what we're going to talk about today. He said, hey, Steve, I don't know if you've ever talked about this on your podcast, and I'm definitely sure you know about this after over 25 years of being in the business, but here's my question. Have you ever thought about talking about the mental and addiction problems related uh, to being a musician, how to handle them, and whether or not it's a good idea to be a musician if you're prone to these problems? It seems like most musicians, myself included, have some kind of mental and or addiction issue. And as you know, you got to be mentally tough in order to persevere in this business or any other kind of business. But some have succumbed to those problems. What do you think? I, I think and I, and I wrote him back on on the um, on the Facebook page and, and on the, the group. And I said, this was a great topic. This is a great subject to, to cover. Now, I, I want to make it very clear. I'm sure most of you know. Uh, but I, I'm going to put this out there because as of lately, you know, I'm getting a lot of hate on YouTube for some of the videos uh, that I've made for stating my opinion. Uh, that's not going to stop. This podcast is based around my opinion. It's going to stay based around my opinion, whether those people like it or not. But I feel like I want to preface this this whole thing and what I'm getting ready to talk about. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Um I feel at times that I am in, in dealing with songwriters and with artists a lot of the time. I, I, I feel that way. I was talking to my, uh, one of my cousins the other day who owns uh, several salons, and she was talking about, you know, she's felt like a therapist her whole career uh, with people sitting in her chair, and they talk about their problems. And, and I don't mind that. But I, I want to make it very clear that anything that I talk about today, I, I, am, I am not medically trained to give advice on this. Uh, I want to try to keep it as it relates to me in my career and some of the people that that are at my arm's length that I know that I deal with. And, and I'm not going to put names on anybody or name any names. That's not how I do things. 
but I, I feel comfortable in giving some scenarios and, and talking about some specific situations. Um, I will say, as a blanket statement, that I don't know, and this includes myself, I don't know a single person that I've ever worked with in this industry or the film industry, uh, whether it be engineers, songwriters, producers, artists. Specifically, it seems like the more creative, the more problems. Um, so I see it more with, with songwriters. I see it more with producers. And I see it more with artists than I do uh, a lot of other people. But, but I, I want to make this statement, and that is I don't, I don't think I've ever, know, I've ever known or worked with somebody in the music business specifically or the film world, the entertainment business, that does not battle mental health issues on some level. Um, what I, I know that I can put this in my own classification and I feel comfortable. I, I, I've said this before. I battled depression. Um, I've battled depression uh, probably my whole life, but I know I've battled it my entire professional life. Um, I don't know anybody else that I have a close working relationship with that doesn't. Um, I'm not on any medication for that. Um, I don't know what other people choose to do. Um, I'm not one of these people that wants to rush out and get on medication. Now, I, I will be, I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't know if I'm, I am clinically depressed or like clinically have clinical depression to where I need to be on some sort of medication. And I'm not downing medication. I'm just not one of those people that just runs out and, and finds a drug and gets a drug and takes a drug and hopefully it makes us better. And, and especially when you're dealing with creatives, a lot of the medication that comes along with depression and other mental health issues, it takes the creativity out. Which to me, I've never understood. That's a lot of times how we get out of the depression. Those of us that fight depression is we, we find, and I almost consider it situational depression. Um, and if I get myself into a, a certain situation, then, I, then I, I find myself getting depressed. But I know what has always lifted me out of those depressions and those states at those di different times in my life. I know it's always been creative re related. So I can't imagine taking a drug or, or anything that would make everything so gray and take the creative part of me out of me so that I didn't, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the enemy is the ally. It, it's the, a lot of times it's the creative part of us that, that gets us depressed, but it's also the thing that gets us out. It, it, is, it is the cancer. It is the cure. Um, so it's weird that way. Um, but I can't imagine taking something that would eliminate the creativity inside me that I count on to get me out of it. I also know that some of the best work I've ever done, I've done when I was, I guess you could say, depressed. Um, because you, you're working really hard to get out of that hole. Um, there are times I can go back and there's been, I know for a fact, there's been probably three or four times that I've had it severely where I had to just legitimately shut down. Um, I felt like any direction I was going to go was going to be the right direction. I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and those, I, I was never, it sounds weird to say this, but I was never down so far. I mean, I felt at the time that I was pretty far down, 
but I, I've never been down at the point where suicide has, has been a thought. I've never thought about that, even though I've, I've had some pretty dark days and, and I've had some, some, some really down times, as I'm sure everybody has, and especially creatives. And that's why I wanted to talk about this. And, and I hope, I really hope I'm not losing you guys on this because this is so important to talk about because this link does exist. And if you're out there and you're listening or you're watching and you know that you deal with this, you're creative and you know that you deal with this, it is okay. It is, I choose to deal with things the way that I choose to deal with things. It, you, you need to deal with it as well in the best way that is, is for you. If that is seeking medical help and medical treatment, then do that. Um, depression is real. It absolutely sucks. It, it will suck the life out of you. Um, I have a theory. And I think I'm right about this. But creatives, I think one of the main reasons. Well, there's two real reasons I think that we deal with this and we deal with this so severely on and in such a, a normal routine basis, it seems is I think that we place so much value on what other people think about what we're doing, whether it's that latest song we've written or the new video that we've put out or the thing that we've drawn or the business that we're running or anything that we've got that we are, are placing on a pedestal and that we are expecting a, a certain reaction from other people, from other people outside of our creative circle. We seek the admiration. We seek the approval. Um, we, we seek the praise of those people. And when we don't get it in the manner that we actually want it, that's when we start to question ourselves. We start to question our work. And that leads to us questioning our worth. And I believe that is where, for me, anyway, I know, for me, that is where the depression starts to sink in. And you start feeling like you're going lower and lower and lower. Um, that's a tough one to overcome because as creatives, we create for other people. Then we place a certain innate value on that creation that we've created. And what's odd is that we are incapable of separating the creation from ourselves. So it's very personal. So anytime somebody doesn't praise or react to the, the creations that we've created or our product or whatever it is or us, then we automatically take it personally because those creations are a part of us. And I know for songwriters, it's very difficult, especially songwriters. I remember back having a major publishing deal and having to go in and sit down for the, the song critiques. And I remember sitting over there going, you're, I don't feel like you're critiquing my song. I, I feel like you're, you're criticizing me personally, because this came from me. It's almost like your child. There, there's, no, there's no way you're going to say something negative about somebody's child and not get a reaction because they're of you. It, it, it is you. You might as well chop off a finger because that's what it feels like. And so we, are, we have a, a unique inability to separate ourselves from what it is that we're creating. And it's, it's just another little piece of us that's out there. So when it doesn't get the reaction that we want, we take it very personally. There's also something else that creatives tend to do and, and how to me that it deals with depression and mental health 
is that sometimes we get a reaction. Sometimes we get a positive reaction, but it's not as much of a positive reaction as we want. Maybe we put something out there and somebody goes, man, that's really cool. And then as creatives in our brain, we're like, cool. What do you mean? It's really cool. That's not, I mean, it's not cool. I mean, seriously, what we're looking for is an overabundance of praise. What we're looking for is because when we write something or we do something and we're being creative, we almost feel like we've taken all of our clothes off and we're standing naked in the middle of the street and there's 300 people standing around. I mean, if that were a real scenario, nobody wants to go, well, it's not bad. I mean, that's not the reaction we want, but that is how we feel. When we don't get the reaction that we that we want, which and I have to be honest, that's our fault. That is 100 percent on us because we are placing out into the world preconceived ideas of how we want people to react. So when they don't react exactly the way that we've predetermined that they should or that we're expecting. It hits us even harder, but that's tantamount to us slapping our own self in the face. It really is, because anytime you have expectations of how somebody else is going to react or how somebody else is what they're going to think about something, we're going to get disappointed every single time. Now, we know this. I'm not saying anything new. We know this. But it doesn't matter because we do it every single time. As this relates to addiction, I'll, I'll be real honest with you. I, I've not ever gotten to a place like that. I, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke pot. Nothing against anybody that does. That You do you. Um, but my depression has never led to addiction in those type of terms. Like I, I've, never, I've never been. I do smoke. So one could say that I'm addicted to cigarettes. But it's not a, it's not a product of my depression. Um, so addiction is a real thing. And it goes hand in hand. I've known many people. I think mental health issues and depression, they affect everybody a little differently. And so some people, when they get down, like I've gotten down in the past, what they really want to do is get a shovel and go even deeper. They want to bury themselves even deeper. They want to they want to seclude themselves and get even further away. And sometimes the way to do that is drugs. And sometimes the way to do that is alcohol. Sometimes the way to do that is sex. Um, there are there are many different addictions out there. Again, I'm not medically qualified to talk about any of this. I, this is this is my opinion. Um, but I know in times when I've dealt with it, there are times when you just want to shut out the entire world. And maybe there are times when when others that deal with addiction as a result of depression or mental illness, mental health issues, they can't get far enough away. And I think maybe that's where the alcohol, that's where the drugs, that's where the other addictions come into play. Um, I know people who try to buy their way out of depression. Now, if I'm addicted to anything, I, I would say that would be how I try to handle depression at the moments when I've had depression. I, I know I can look back over my life and go, OK, I've tried to literally buy myself out of that depression. And I bet <laughs> this is kind of fun. I've not reflected on this until this very moment. But as it's coming clear and I'm thinking back on the times when I remember getting very depressed. Those are round about the times that I either redid my recording studio and bought all new equipment. Those are the times where I bought a new car when I already had four or five. 
Um, or I would I would do something expensive, thinking that it was going to help jumpstart me and motivate me and make me feel better than I feel right now, even for just a few minutes. Which those of you that are listening that battle this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Here's the thing about all those things, whether it's an addiction to buying things, whether it's um, a retail addiction, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, all of it only lasts for a very little time. It only lasts for a few minutes. Maybe it lasts for a night. Maybe it lasts for a day, 24 hours. But then we're right back into the situation and the addiction starts to creep in whenever we just try to continue those few minutes or those 24 hours. And it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. You look around, I hear people say all the time, you know, we see musicians that have committed suicide or overdosed on drugs or alcohol poisoning and they're gone too soon. And, and, and it's, it, you hate to see that. But as somebody who has dealt with it, I understand it. I get it. I never reached a point personally where I needed to get that far away, but I can see where somebody could. You know, people all the time, they talk about, you know, how could this person do this? I mean, he had everything. He had all the money in the world. He, he wasn't worried about finances. He wasn't worried about money. He has millions and millions of fans all around the world. He does concert tours or he's in this movie or he's in this television show. How, how could that happen? And, and I, the reason that, I, that that is, I think, again, I don't know, not a doctor, but as it relates to me, and my life, I think what that is, is there is a hole inside every creative. And I don't know necessarily what creates that hole, but there is a hole. And I think that that is the hole that we reserve the praise, adoration, love, and affection of other people. And, and again, let me make this very clear. I want to make sure that I go back to that because I think this is important, but I want to make this very clear because this is something a lot of people don't understand about people that live with or love people that fight depression. The loved ones that surround us, they, they get confused and they don't know how to handle it because a lot of times when we get in those states, they feel like they're not enough. Why am I not enough? Why can I not fill that hole? Why can't your wife or your husband or your kids or your mom or your dad or your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, why are they not enough to fill that hole? And it's not their fault. What I hope, if anything, and maybe if you're out there and you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with mental health issues, if you want to share this with your family members, you can cut this part out and share it with them. They are incapable of filling that hole. Because it's not the love and admiration and praise from them that we are seeking to begin with. Yes, we want them to love what we do, but we also know that their love most of the time is unconditional. They're going to love every song we write. They're going to love every song we produce. They're going to love Every, every t-shirt we print and we try to sell, they're going to love everything we do because they love us. So it's very important for fr close friends and family members of people who deal with mental health issues and depression. It is not something you can fix. It is not your fault and it's not something that you can fix. Now, like I said, 
I believe every creative and I think everybody, period, if you want to be really honest about it, I, th- I think everybody has this hole in them. But creatives, the hole is a thousand times bigger and it requires more to fill it up. We reserve that hole for, like I said, the praise, the adoration, the approval of other people. And that hole is so big that when we don't get enough of it, we get some of it, but we don't get enough of it, it leaves that hole half empty or a quarter empty. And as a creative, it's, uh, it's, it, we need it full all the time. Now, again, that is an unexpected expectation on our part. It's unrealistic. It's not going to be full all the time. We are not going to get enough to be filled all the time. And it's, it's, it's difficult to think about that. And, and maybe that is where, you know, the, the, the medical side of things come in. But when I, the people that I know that have gone to that series and have gone and have gotten on medication, some it's worked great. But then one person that I know that's one of the best songwriters in, in Nashville went and got it and it changed his career. He didn't he didn't have. I guess what I'm trying to say is some of the best work that I've ever done and some of the best work that some of the other people that I've worked with have come from the severe highs or the lowest of lows. The best songs have come when we're up here or we're down here. Very rarely do a lot of the great songs come from right here in the middle when we're just kind of existing. We rely on those extremes, whether it's the, the upper end of the extreme or the lower end of the extreme. We, that is where we draw from. It's that pain. Um, or the other end of the spectrum, it's that extreme high. So I think a lot of times you've got the issue of that hole that's in all of us that we can't seem to keep full all the time. But then you also look back over everything and you realize, wait a minute, I've done my best work when I was at the lowest of the low. And then I've done some of my best work when I was at the high of the high. So maybe that is also where addiction comes in. Because we all want to do the best that we possibly can do. And in our minds, we think, wait a minute, you know, we wrote that song. That song was a hit. But, you know, I wrote that song when I was really depressed. Okay, well, I, but I need to recreate that. So I need to get back down there where I was. And we almost self-impose the depression on ourselves. And that's when we turn to drugs. That's when we turn to alcohol. Maybe somebody's going, you know, I wrote these five great songs that were hits, but I was high during all of them. So I got to get high again. I don't know what goes on in the mind and the mental travels of everybody out there. But the more I think about this, the more it it absolutely makes sense to me. But I think moreover of anything, that it is that hole that's in us that we expect other people to fill. We can't fill it ourselves. The work is not fulfilling enough to fill that hole. We keep other little separate pockets for self-approval and self-worth in what which we gauge ourselves. Every time we write a song or every time we produce a record or we do something that makes us proud, it fills those pockets up. But the biggest of all of them is the one that we require other people to fill, the one that we expect other people to fill. 
And when they don't, we feel that emptiness. And to me, that is really, in all honesty, the, the feeling of depression is empty. You know, you, you feel worthless um, because you have expected other people to prop your worth up. The sad part about this is, is I, there is no fix for that. There, there, is no, there is no drug that can make you permanently not care what other people think about what you do. Now, I mean, I guess there are some drugs on the market that just, you know, you're just there all the time. You're just, it doesn't really matter if it's good. It doesn't really matter if it's bad. You're just kind of even keel. I don't want to go through life like that. I want to feel the moments. I don't like being depressed. I don't like being depressed at all, as a matter of fact. It sucks. But I would rather feel that than feel nothing. I was looking at some articles because I, I wanted to try to, to have some background on this. And I ran across an article in, from a book uh, called The Creative Brain by uh, Nancy Andreessen. And I, I, I'll leave a link to it in the description, in the show notes. Um, but I think it's, it's really important. I want to read this. And she gives some different reasons for the link between mental health and creative people. Um, one of those, she says, creative people have characteristics that make them more vulnerable. And I think that's what we're talking about. Um, according to neuroscientist and the author of The Creative Brain, Nancy Andreessen, less creative types tend to adapt quickly to situations and surroundings based on what they have been told by authoritative figures, while those with creative minds experience things quite differently. Like this flexibility permits them to perceive things in a fresh and novel way, which is an important basis for creativity. But it also means that their inner world is complex, ambiguous, and filled with shades of gray rather than black and white. It's a world filled with many questions and few easy answers, while less creative people quickly respond to situations based on what they've been told by other people, parents, teachers, pastors, rabbis, priests, doctors. The creative person lives in a more fluid and nebulous world. And, and another word for nebulous, I'm not acting like you guys don't know what the fucking word means. I'm just saying I had to look it up. Stressful. That, that the creative person lives in a more stressful uh, mental place constantly. Um, she goes on to say, we experience the world with a different viewpoint. We question, ponder, and analyze. This can unfortunately lead to feelings of isolation. Social, uh, social alienation or depression because we're different and maybe because we feel we are a little strange or we're a little weird. What might seem normal or a normal environment for a creative type can be stressful and introverted in our complicated approach to society. I think that's totally true. Creative people have a, a you know, we always talk about the right brain, the left brain. Well, it's true. Creative people live in a very stressful place. Because as a creative, we're constantly creating. If we're not creating, our mind is thinking about creating, and it's generating a million different things for us to be creative about or things for us to create. It's constantly turning. So we do live in a, in a completely different world than, than somebody that is non-creative. They just take things on face value. When I read that, I can go back and I can think about the way that my brain works about things. And it, it's very true. 
like my wife has said many times, you don't have anything that you enjoy. You try to turn everything into a business. You can't just do this thing or enjoy this thing. You've got to take it to a whole new level. You've got to take it to case in point. Perfect example. Um, and knowing that, that coming up here in just a few months as it is now, the whole family is going to be moving to California. And I, I don't, I don't have a lot. I don't have any hobbies. Work is my hobby. Work is my work and work is my hobby. Um, I, st- I started the podcast to be a hobby. Now it's a business because I couldn't just leave it there. I had to start a podcast network. So now we have a ton of podcasts on the network and it, I turned it into a business. I do that with everything. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something that allows me to just have a hobby, something I want to do, something I can get involved with. I can, you know, join a group of people. I can meet friends that are friends that have nothing to do with the music business, because as it relates right now, I've got friends, but none of them are, are not in the business. And regardless of, of the time we spend together and the things that we do, it always comes back to us talking about the business or how we can do this or how we can do that. It's, it's never just, Hey man, how's it going? Awesome. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. You want to go play golf? Yeah, let's go play golf. Want to go grab some coffee? Yeah, let's, it's never that. It always leads to the business. And back several years ago when the kids were younger, I had motorcycles. I had Harleys. And I absolutely, I never felt like I could get away like when I was on my street glide. I could throw my helmet on. I could get on that motorcycle and I could go ride for two or three or four hours. And I remember the feeling of not thinking about business, not thinking about writing songs, not thinking about the record, not thinking about finances, not thinking about how am I going to pay for this? How are we going to get to the next level? I remember just enjoying it. And I don't know if it's because when you ride a motorcycle, you have to be so aware of your surroundings and the other idiots out there that aren't looking for motorcycles that you're constantly aware. So there's, there's, no, there's no time in your brain to think about all this other stuff because you're focusing on something else. And I remember what a freeing feeling that was. And a couple of weeks ago, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman uh, came back out with their new newest series, um, Long Way Up. You know, they've done Long Way Around, Long Way Down. Now it's Long Way Up. And they basically are riding 13,000 miles on their motorcycles. And I thought, you know what? I've done the Harley thing. I'm not going to do the Harley thing again. But I want to get an adventure bike. Because that's a huge crowd of people. That's a family. That's a club. That's a that's a an a, you know a, a community that I can join that has nothing to do with work. So I bought a 2020 Ducati Multistrada um, S Touring in California from Newport Beach uh, Ducati. Not sponsored, but thank you to Dave and everybody at Newport Beach Ducati for helping me because I bought it while I'm in Nashville. I'm going to go pick it up uh, while I'm in LA here in a few days. Because I want to join this community. But to say what my point here is that two days after buying the motorcycle, I told my wife, I said, there's a channel I watch on YouTube called Daily Driven Exotics. You guys should go check it out. Love the guys on the on the channel. And it's all about supercars because I'm a car nut and I watch it religiously. And my, my wife was walking through the, the living room. And I, I said, hey, watch this for a second. 
And so I had on daily driven exotics and I was watching them and I said, question, do you think a channel like daily driven exotics, but about European motorcycles is a good idea? And she looked at me and gave me the look, which is why we've been married for 22 years. That was both supportive and also hoping that I saw what was really behind. She goes, oh, yeah, I think it would do really great. I think it would do really well. And she's right. But what I, there was also a look in there somewhere of you're buying this thing for it to be your outlet and you're already trying to turn it into a quote unquote business or a YouTube channel. You're already taking the thing that you are buying as an outlet to give you some enjoyment and to give you a break and relief from all of that. And you're going to turn it into another job for yourself. How true that is. Now, I'm not saying that I'm probably not going to do some videos on the YouTube channel. I, I, I can't help myself. I really legitimately can't help myself. But that's what I'm talking about. How many of you out there, and if you stopped for just a second and you thought and you were honest with yourself, how many of the things that you consider an outlet or the thing that you step away from the business or you step away from the creativity, how many of those things are just another job for you? I would venture to guess that pretty much everybody could look over the different things that they do and the outlets that they have in their life. And I guarantee you those outlets are somehow related to doing what it is that you do for a living or finding a way to do something different with your life. For those of you that have found something that you are able to separate the normal from a hobby or a getaway, an escape, if you will. Good. Everybody needs that. My concern is that as creatives, I don't know if we're capable of that. Because we look at every situation, we look at every relationship as something that's moldable. We look at each one of those things as something that we can use to create. We look at them as tools. If you're a songwriter, it's hard for you to go out in public and observe people without thinking and getting song ideas. So what are you going to do? You know, for me, gaming, it was gaming for a long time. Jesus. And as I think about it now, I do this every time. For me, it was gaming. I loved online gaming, you know, playing PC games, playing multiplayer. I loved it. It was a huge outlet for me. I could go and I could I could log in. I had, you know, had people that I played with on a regular basis, whether it's Call of Duty or Gears of War or Madden. I enjoyed it and it was my getaway. But then what did I do? I went and started an esports organization. See what I'm talking about. And as creatives, it's difficult for us to truly step away. It's very difficult. One of the other things that was talked about in this article was creative brains have difficulty gating sensory input. Creatives are at a higher risk for mental illness. And according to Andreessen, it at least partially stems from a problem with filtering or gating the many stimuli that flow into the brain. For this reason, some creatives organize their lives in order to be isolated from human contact for long periods of time. 
I, for one, I, this is the truth. We talked about that earlier. I mean, this is 100% truth. But how healthy could it really be for us to isolate ourselves? I, I don't see that this is what we do, but it could not be healthy. It could not be healthy to go, okay, I, I, there's so much stimuli when I go out. I, I can't think about this as, as not a creative opportunity. I cannot not think of this as a business opportunity. So the only way to do that is to shut myself off. I think that's what we do, and I think that's where a lot of the problems begin. Because I'll tell you, as a creative and someone who does battle depression, we are our own worst enemies. Because a lot of times, to kind of circle back what we were talking about earlier, when we don't get that, that praise or those reactions that we expect, we own that. We self-impose it. And a lot of times, we make, we make the response more negative than it really was. Because in our brain, when somebody says, man, that was really cool, we hear, yeah, it wasn't the best thing I've ever heard. It actually really sucks. That's, that, that is the weight that we put on ourselves. And when it rains, it pours. So when one thing feels like it's starting to go down, we, we notice that several things don't go right. But I've also wondered many times if that as well is not self-imposed. I can look back over my life and over my career, and it's true. I, I don't buy into the secret bullshit and all that where you can physically manifest because everything I have earned, everything that I have has come because I've worked for it, not because I sat around or I had a picture board and I just thought about wanting it all day long. I've never gotten anything that way. Believe me, if it were possible, I would be the one leading the charge. But because we, we put so much in, I think a lot of the times when we get down and we project that out into the world, more bad things happen. When we project ourselves in a positive light, more positive things happen. I do think that is 100% true. The laws of attraction. If you act like an asshole, you're going to attract assholes. If you, if you are giving and you're compassionate and you, you care about other people, I think that's what you're going to get back. Again, a lot of mental health issues and depression, in my opinion, again, not a doctor, but in my opinion, could be self-imposed. And I think the leading culprit of that self-imposition is expectations. There is a huge link between creatives and mental health issues and addiction. It's sad because I would we don't look around very often anymore and see positive situations from creatives. We are losing many musicians and actors and other creatives way too early because of the link between mental health, mental illness, and being a creative. Again, I want to say, like I said at the top of the show, I, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't know. I know how, how it relates to me. I don't know how it relates to you. 
But as we wrap up, I, I want to make it very clear. Get help. I don't know where that help is, but get help. Do some research. If you need to go talk to someone, then go talk to someone. Because I can promise you, you are valuable. Your work is valuable. You mean something. You have something to contribute. If you're dealing with these issues and you, and you deal with depression, you need to talk to someone. You need to talk to somebody that is medically qualified to give you direction one way or the other. And I'm not saying that that is go get on some sort of drug. But go talk to somebody. And there are people that legitimately need that. There are people that deal with depression on a far worse level than I do that probably need the medication to help not get them so low to where they make very, very, very bad and permanent decisions that affect both them and the people that love them. So that's very real. But do not let your issues go unspoken. Do not bury yourself. Do not isolate yourself. Talk to someone. Talk to an impartial third party. And I think this is very important, whether that's a psychiatrist, a psychologist. Um, go talk to somebody that has nothing to benefit or gain with giving you their honest opinion and professional opinion one way or the other. Somebody that can just be a mirror or a sounding board that can offer you the right steps to take to help you get better. I think those of us that deal with depression are going to deal with depression our entire lives, or at least as long as we're creative. And I believe as a blessing and a curse that, that God wove those creative threads throughout our DNA and throughout our, our being. So I don't think that we're going to stop being creative at any time. So this is something we're going to have to deal with. But I encourage each and every one of you as individuals, find your coping mechanism. Find the way that you need to see yourself through this. And I think maybe that starts with talking with somebody. Don't hold it inside. Find somebody you can talk with. This link is real. I can't think of a single person that I've ever worked with or known closely that is a creative person in, in some way or form or another that doesn't deal with depression, that doesn't deal with some sort of medical, uh, mental health issues. Doesn't mean we're crazy. None of that doesn't mean they're bad people. I think it's just we care so much about who we are and what we're doing and, and what we're putting out there that we place so much on the expectation that when it doesn't come back in the form we want it to come, we blame ourselves. We never blame the work, by the way. We never blame the song. We never blame the idea. We never blame the book. We never blame the blog post. We never blame the video. We blame its creator. Guys, thank you for joining me for another episode. I hope you guys got something out of today's episode. I think it's an important one. I want to thank Sean uh, for posting this on the Facebook group because I think it, it, it is a very important topic. Talk to somebody. If you'd like to join the Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash the Steve Freeman or click the link in the show notes or in the description on YouTube. Again, it's so good to have you guys, you guys here. I'm excited about season seven. I hope you guys are as well. As we close, don't forget, keep being creative, keep pressing the boundaries, and there's nothing wrong with being independent. This is the Steve Freeman Podcast.